Praise God for those things. So, um, I don't know if you guys, a couple of weeks ago, um, were here when I preached about Paul. Who was here for that? Amen. Some of you guys. Amen. You guys remember? No? Kind of? Sort of? I didn't, so I had to go for my notes. So I was like, what did I preach on? I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, much less what I preached two weeks ago. But um, just a quick recap. Um, and then, because uh, it was a two-parter, we got to the part where he was getting ready to get to the island. Um, but we go back and we see Paul was um, falsely accused. He was imprisoned for what he believed in. Amen. And um, which it seems like that's not too far around the corner for us believers. Amen. It seems how history repeats itself. But um, he's imprisoned and he's sent on this ship and he's going to be sent away. And Paul warns these people and the people didn't listen to him. So they get out in the ocean and they just get ragtagged and destroyed by this, this storm. And they're just crushed. And, and we, talk about, we talked about how sometimes we got to go through unnecessary struggles. That sometimes, you know, Paul, Paul warned him. He said, I don't want to go. You should have listened to me. He flat out said that. If you would have listened to me, this wouldn't have happened. And sometimes we just got to go through unnecessary struggles sometimes. And we don't understand why we go through them, but we just have to go through them. We have to just go through it. And we talked about not to be afraid. Because what did, what did the angel tell Paul? He says, man, I have, I, you, you have to go to, to Rome. You have to stand before him. I've got bigger plans for you. So don't be afraid because you're not going to die in this little situation that you're in now. Because I have so many greater things for you in the future. Amen. And so many times we think that we're going to die in the trial that we're in now. And I'm telling you right now, God has so much more for you than the trial that you're in right now. Amen. And so he gets shipwrecked, and that we see he is getting washed up to the shore right now. So, Jacob, can we pull that map picture up? I got Jacob up there today. He's helping us out with the media first time. Good job, Jacob. So we look, we see right here in the bottom right is Jerusalem. That's where he was originally leaving, and he's supposed to go all the way to the top of the boot over there, which is Italy, to Rome. But we see this squiggle at the bottom. Amen. And that's the storm. And don't our lives seem like that sometimes? Just like this? Who can relate with this? Just up and down and tossed. And he ends up at this place called Malta. He gets. Have, have you ever been in a place you never thought you were going to be in? Have you ever ended up on an island you never thought... You know, I'm talking to the people out here that are 28 and still single. Or, 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 or had the kid that you thought you never would have had. Amen? Or being so far in debt that you never thought you would be in debt. Or being in a depression that you never thought you would be depressed in. Who's ever been to Malta? I've been to Malta. I got the shirt. I've been to Malta. I'm going to wear it next Sunday. So he ends up in Malta, and it's this, this island, and it says that he just survived. He gets washed up on these shores of Malta, amen. And some of us are like that too, man. We just survived. We just barely made it. Out of the sea, cold, wet, rainy, and seaweed, and soggy, and cold, and hungry. Been beaten, but not broken. 
And if we turn to Acts chapter 28, I believe, let me turn here. And I'm going to read down. It says, uh, once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. And then verse 3. It says, as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. I just want to stop right there. And we see that Paul, he's wet, he's cold, and these people show mercy on him. And, and, and they start building a fire. And, and what does Paul immediately do? He goes into what? Serving. I mean, this man was just shipwrecked, beat up. He had all the excuse just to sit there and enjoy the fire. But Paul saw that there was a need, and he started to work. And, and when did the enemy strike? When he started to do something. When he started to move, amen. And man, I struggled. I erased it three times and put it back in. I struggled. I don't know. The Lord told me to say it. So, all right, I'm just going to say it. Uh, um, we have no problem. Some of us, we, we don't have problems in our lives. Because we're not active. We're lazy. The greatest weapon against the church is idleness. If the enemy can keep you idle, he's already won. If we could pull up Jacob, Ecclesiastes. What does it say in Ecclesiastes? Lazy leads to a sagging roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. Some of us got leaky houses. And let's pull the next one up in Proverbs. Lazy people seep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. And some of you are spiritually starving yourself because of your idleness. And that's, 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 that, that's a hard word, because that's the Lord saying, hey man, quit being lazy. Get up and do something. As you can see, ten minutes ago, there are plenty of opportunities for you to get involved in church. There's no excuse for you to be idle. God didn't intend you. God didn't say, man, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, so that you can just chill, good, and enjoy my grace and just float on this raft of mercy and I will make sure all your needs are met. No. What did he say? Go out into the world and preach the gospel. Be active. That wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. So we see here, just when you thought it could not get any worse, this shipwrecked, waterlogged man, doing what God told him to do, is, is stepping out, and he's starting to, you know what, man, this, I'm going to stoke the fire, and bam, a snake just comes up and bites him on the hand. And if you go into the King James Version, it even says viper, which is even scarier than a snake, because the viper's like, okay, that's a viper. So it's a mean snake, number one. That means it's a poisonous snake. And it says, it didn't just bite him, but it said it fastened. It fastened to his hand, which means to bind to, or to lay hold of. 
And the enemy sometimes can just come out of nowhere when you start to do something for the Lord and just lay a hold of you. And he will bring feelings not of God, but he will, he will bring feelings that are contrary to God upon your life. That poison will start to seep into your body, amen. And it will change your perspective of thinking. It, it is so exact how the enemy is portrayed as a snake. Because here are some of the symptoms of, of, of a viper bite. Number one, it, it leaves puncture wounds. And the enemy does that. He comes in and he pierces you. It doesn't just scratch. This wasn't just a yeah. It was wham. I mean, it was in there. It was deep. There was puncture. And the enemy, if you are not guarded, can puncture you and penetrate into the deep parts of your soul. Number two was muscle weakness. Man, when we allow the enemy to take hold of us, we can't move. We can't worship the way that we want to. We're spiritually fatigued. We can barely do anything. Muscle weakness. You can't do the things that God called you to do because you're so fatigued and your muscles are deteriorating, breaking down. Number three is you get blurred vision. You don't even know why you're doing what you're doing anymore. Your vision gets blurry. You can't see the destination and the plan that God has for your life because the enemy is just fastened onto you. And then you become numb. And numbness brings routine, complacency. And then you just show up to show up and you just, you're just meh. It's the same old Sunday, it's the same old song, it's the same old sermon, just no numb. And we need to recognize that we are bit in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, For we walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. What? Pulling down the strongholds, Amen. The things that are fastened to us. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. You have authority this morning. Amen. To tear down those strongholds. You don't have to live numb. You don't have to live weak. You don't have to live live with blurry vision. Amen. God can heal where the enemy has pierced you this morning. Amen. So we need to recognize, recognize that we've been bit. Because sometimes, I mean, it was easy for Paul. It was right on his hand. But sometimes, man, snakes are sneaky. And they can nip you and heal. I remember when we preached last time, we talked about our hiking trip. And we, and we came across snakes. And Jeff nearly stepped on a snake. Because they hide. They camouflage. It didn't come out with a top hat going, hey, I'm a snake. Look out. Hey, I'm a scary guy. No, no. Out of nowhere. It got Paul out of a place of comfort where he was getting comfort. Man, that snake came out and nabbed him. Be aware of your surroundings, amen. So we see the snake 
fastened to Paul's hand. Amen. Let me drink a water here. I'm going to get excited here in a minute, so I'm just prepping. I'm just warning you now. It's going to get kind of crazy in here. So Paul had a decision to make. And that was the title of, my, uh, of this whole thing is, why? Why is this? Why is this happening to me, Lord? Or how will God? And Paul had that decision to make right there. And he could have just, everything that he's been going through these past couple of weeks can just flooded back in. Man, God, you, you, you called me to preach your word and now I'm in prison and you send me on this ship and these people don't listen to me. We get shipwrecked and I almost died and I'm starving and I'm hungry and then I get tossed around in all the wind and the waves and I wash up on this island that I don't even know where we're at with these strange people in a strange place and then you wash me up on the shore and the one minute I have any stability or satisfaction in my life, a snake comes out and bites me? What's up with that? But so many of us can relate with that because it just seems like it's one thing after another and it doesn't end and it doesn't cease. And God, I just need a break. But Paul had a decision right there. He could have sit there and played the why game. Or he could have played the how game. And he played the how game. All right, Lord. How are you going to get me out of this? How is your glory going to be shown through this? Amen. And we look at verse 4 and it says... Back to uh, uh, Acts 28, verse 4, it says, The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand, and they said to each other, A murderer, no doubt, thought he escaped the sea. Justice will not per, uh, permit him to live. And people will turn on you in an instant. These people that, that made him that fire turned on him. And people will always assign a reason why you're going through your trial. When they have no idea what's going on in your life. People will assign a reason why you're going through that. Amen. So all these people turned on Paul. And he claims, hey, I'm a man of God. And they're like, this guy can't be a man of God. Who's this guy? Washed up, beat up, broken, snake's going to bite him. Let's watch him die now. Some man of God. And Paul had a decision to make. And he's sitting there in front of all these people. And I just, I could just see him just waiting a second. Just, and they're just all looking at him. And he's just like. And he looked at all those people. And he said, haters going to hate, hate, hate. (laughs) But I'm going to what? Shake it off. He was Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift was even born. Amen. He looked at them. He said, you're going to hate me? Go ahead and hate me. But I know who I am in the Lord. Amen. And what did he do? He shook it off. Amen. And this morning, God is telling you, you need to shake it off. Look at your neighbor this morning and go, shake it off. Shake it off. Because see, but see, it wasn't faith. It wasn't his faith that kept him from getting snake bit. See, faith doesn't prevent the snakes coming in your lives, amen. But faith gives you the power to shake it off, amen. Faith gives you the power 
to stand up after you've been washed up on the shore, on an island, deserted, to give you purpose, amen. Faith gives you the strength that when a giant comes, to give you the right perspective to look and go, you may be taller than me, but my faith gives me the perspective to look you straight in the eye. It's the faith that allows you to shake it off this morning, amen? Some of you need to shake it off this morning because you have had vipers on your arms and your legs and the enemy has fastened himself into you and made you less of what God called you to be. And he's like, I didn't call you to be that. I called you to be more this morning, amen? But where did Paul shake it off? He didn't just shake it off to the side. Because some of us do that. We'll get bent and we shake it off. Paul made sure he shook it off in where? Into the fire. Into the fire. Because a snake can bite you twice. And some of you have been struggling with the same old snake. And God is saying... I don't want you just to shake it off. I want you to shake it off into the fire, amen. The fire of the altar this morning, amen. To shake it off that it can't come back. And it says in verse 6, the people, they sit there and they waited for him to die. And that's why we can't put our trust in people this morning. Man, I love my pastor. My pastor's my best friend. He's my mentor. But I don't do this for my pastor. I don't come to church for my pastor. I don't come to church for my friends. I do it for God. Because as much as, as, much as my pastor loves me, and I love my pastor, he's still vulnerable. He can still turn. I'm not saying he ever would, but he has the capability to turn, amen. But God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, amen. Just like he told Joshua when Moses died, I'll be with you just as, Joshua, or just as I was with Moses. And God is saying, man, I will be with you no matter where you go or what you do or how far you think you're lost. You are never out of my reach. But when we put our confidence in man, and we put our confidence in people, they will always fail us. Because they're human. So we see that in verse 7 that they are welcomed to Publius' house. And Publius was the chief priest, and it says near the shore where we landed was the estate belonged to Publius. He was the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. See, our opportunities are a byproduct of the trials that we go through. Because, see, Paul wouldn't have ever been in that position unless he was shipwrecked, unless he was bit. Until he shook it off. And then he got to sit with the whole chief of the whole island. 
And it says in verse 8, as it happened, Publius' father was ill with a fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him, laying on his what? His hands on him and healed him. The same hand. I guarantee it's the same hand. It's the same hand that that viper bit. And the thing that the enemy has tore up and destroyed in your life, God can restore it and use it. Amen. He can restore those things. Amen. He can restore those things that were lost. Man, I bet there's some of you, there's, there's probation officers just waiting for you to walk back through their door. Amen. Randall, I bet there was a time where that CPS person was just waiting. He ain't. It's Randall. He'll be back soon. And God is saying, you know what? I'm going to take that spot where the enemy pierced you, and I'm going to make something out of it. I'm going to make you an example. I'm going to make you stand out above all others. Amen. Because one day he decided to what? Shake it off. He decided to shake it off. I'm going to have the worship team come back up right now. So the same hand that was going to kill him brought life to another person. And you know why all of that stuff went the way it was? Because it had to happen. It had to happen that way. Randall, it had to happen that way. It had to happen that way, Gary. Because maybe Paul didn't need Malta. Maybe Malta needed Paul. See, maybe the trials that you are going through, maybe the shipwreck that you're experiencing, maybe the things that have fastened themselves onto you this morning aren't even for you. Maybe you are breaking a generational curse in your family right now, amen? I look at my life and I look at the things that I had to go through in a child and the things that I experienced that were unfairly brought upon me. I take them bravely and I, and I take them as blessings because my children now don't have to go through those things. That I can be the shield and the anchor that they don't have to experience the heartbreak and the hardships that I had to go through. I didn't understand that at the time. Paul didn't understand that at the time. But at the end of the day, the revelation came that, you know what? This wasn't even about me at all. This was about Malta. This was about a people. Because it said the whole island got saved. The whole island got saved from a beat-up, shipwrecked, unknown preacher who was bound to die, decided to shake it off and not question why, but to pursue God and go, how? 
and everyone got saved. And at the end, it says, as the result, we were shown with honors. And God will honor. I'm telling you right now, it's hard. It is hard in the storm. It is hard when you bit. It's, it's hard. It's excruciating sometimes. And sometimes it is, it's, it's easy just to quit. But God will honor the things that you're going through. God will honor. It says God will restore the things that the locusts have eaten. It was hard on Job, but at the end, he was restored everything that the enemy was taken from him. Though you slay me, God, I still trust you this morning. Amen. Because just like Paul, you didn't call me to die on an undeserted island, God. You called me for something greater. You told me I was going to go to Rome. So I can't die in this place. And I'm telling you this morning, you can't die in the place that you're in right now. Because God has called you for something greater this morning. Amen. It ain't going to happen. As a result, they were shown with honor. And when the time came to sail... Your time's going to come. I'm going to tell you right now. Your time to set sail is going to come. Your time to set sail is around the corner. People supplied us with everything. With everything that we would need. I'm telling you this morning, you may be broken And you don't know where you're going or why you're going through these things. Why am I on this island? Why am I in this place that I was never, ever supposed to be? That could be you this morning. Or maybe the enemy has fastened himself on you. That there are some things that you need to what this morning? You need to shake it off. And not just shake it off, but shake it off into the fire. That it won't come back, amen? Because when you do those things and you embrace how instead of why, you end up leaving with everything that you need. God didn't say it was going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. So if that is you this morning, I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want the enemy to start to creep in and, ah, it's not for you. Nah, you can go next. I want you right now, if you feel, if you're in a place that you're not supposed to be, or if there's some things you need to shake off this morning, amen, or maybe you've never truly asked Jesus Christ to come into your life as your Lord and Savior, that maybe you just feel like you are lost and you were just You're just out there with no purpose. I'm telling you this morning, you have a purpose. You have a calling. There are some things in your life that God wants to reveal to you, to fulfill you, to make you the person that you were created to be this morning. Amen. If that is you this morning, don't hesitate. Just come to this altar. Start to shake it off. 
And some of our prayer team, we're going to come up. We're going to agree with you that today's the day. Amen. Today's the day you set sail. Today's the day you leave with everything that you need for this journey. Amen. Praise God.